0: Hey guys, just popping in here really quick. I have a couple of not really announcements, but things going on. Number one, we did have the idea of time stamping this episode in case you didn't want to hear spoilers, but after me and Craig recorded it and, you know, chopped it up and listened to it, we actually don't spoil very much. The only thing you should really worry about getting spoiled is a lot of the gameplay mechanics, a very small bit of the story, like we don't go into detail on the story at all. And then a little bit about the end boss fight we don't go into detail on it we just talk about you know the way he looks and you know how we beat it other than that there are no spoilers in this i don't think it's anything you would get upset about if you haven't played it but if you're really sensitive that kind of thing and you just want to go in absolutely blind then just you know chill on this episode for a bit finish breath of the wild then you can come back and listen to it um announcement number two is that monster hunter world is coming out very soon and personally, I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time in it, so there will be a bit of a, let's say a break between now and the next Final Fantasy episode, which will be number nine, just because I really want to spend a lot of time with that, and this is kind of like a small breather for me from both of those series since we just finished Zelda, I, that way I don't get burnt out because some of the big heavy hitters are coming up for Final Fantasy, and I really want to make sure i enjoy replaying those all right other than that i'll shut up thank you very much for listening and on with the show Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Operation Sequel. Today is the final game in our series, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And as promised, Craig is here. Say hi, Craig. Hi. <laughs> just to get this out of the way really quick, Zelda was released March 3rd of 2017, worldwide. So Nintendo was nice enough to just say here, everybody have it. No need for release dates. The director on this one was Hitamara Fujibayashi again. The artist was Satoru Takawaza, the writer was Akihito Toda, with the composers being Manaka Kataoka and Yasaaki Iwata. Oh, that guy's name's Iwata. Well, that makes me sad.
1: Huh. Memories.
0: So, yeah, poor memories. Okay, so, Craig, this is a game that you have been for almost since release date telling me I need to hurry up and play. I have.
1: I have. I can't believe it's taken this long. To be honest. But
0: Shut up. It's nine Zelda games, man. Well, you've done well. You've done
1: well. Gotta say that. You have you have monstered through Zelda. Tackling Final Fantasy at the same time? That's just mad.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, so you know, what was your experience like when you first booted up? What were you expecting? And uh, just because it's been a while since the last time you were on, what was, you know, your Zelda experience up until this point?
1: Um well, I've my up until this point, apart from playing a few, um, a few playthroughs of Twilight Princess and a couple of wee forays into the other titles in the series, I haven't properly got my teeth into Zelda until this year. So that's when I started with um, the DS. I got that uh, link between worlds, and then I've just worked my way okay. through all of the ones I've been on with you, plus. What else have I played? Majora's Mask, or the f- the start of Majora's Mask. So, that's my next one. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, I expected quite a lot. I'll be honest. I, uh, who wouldn't? I know I, I kind of grew expectations for you, but my expectations were already very high. To, this is why I bought a Wii U, was someone was selling a Wii U and Breath of the Wild, and it just so happened across the advert, and I thought, that's, that's it. This is my time to get a Wii U. 2017 (laughs) is the year of the Wii U.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what was it about this that made you have really high expectations?
1: I think it was... God, where to begin? A lot of it was to... Down to the artwork that was seen beforehand. It was it's really, really, really beautiful. These beautiful landscapes and scenes and shots. And then reading, you know, like it's gonna be a lot more free. You'll be able to climb, you'll be able to do this, that, and the other. You'll you won't be tied into, you know, going for your six sages and then you get a surprise, other two things you need to do and then another dungeon, you know. The fact that it was more adventury, yeah. Really drew me in. So <sighs> I just thought, you know what? I really, I really want to play this game. Plus, I think as well, Mike had played it for maybe fifteen minutes and said, "Oh, that's right." This yeah. is st- at some point he said, "This is the greatest thing I've ever played" because he had spent ages just cutting down trees. <laughs> I thought, I want, I want some of that action. So yeah, I, I had high hopes. Sorry, bit of a ramble. So but...
0: you were riding the old hype train. Oh yeah, conductor's hat on. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, personally, this was the reason why I started doing the Operation Sequel for Zelda, because I figure this is going to be the last Zelda game for quite a while. Even though, spoiler, I really hope it isn't, because if they keep on this, I might actually become a fan of Zelda. Oh, well, that's a fairly big spoiler. But, yeah, so, yeah, it is. Uh, I really enjoyed watching you guys like the way you guys were all excited yeah. for it and you know both of you on the side were messaging me independently of one another going you need to yeah. play this. So this this was the carrot at the end of that long broken road that was full of busted glass and it just kept getting it in my heels uh-huh. and it just hurt. But we will talk about whether it was worth it or not even though I kind of spoiled it a little bit. So if you if this is a first episode for you, uh, I'm very sorry I got off to kind of a weird start there. But if this is your first episode, Operation Sequel is where I take a whole series of games and I will play all of the numbered ones or the ones that appear on console. Me and my big hands don't get along handhelds. And if you have any thoughts on Zelda or Final Fantasy or any other games I do in the future, then be sure to let us know what you think about it. Uh, We have a Gmail, Facebook and Twitter. All right. All that's out of the way. Let's crack right into it. So, Craig, you know how normally we have to do this really bad audiobook-style read-the-giant-intro thing? I know.
1: know Part of me is relieved, but part of me is just disappointed. I just...
0: uh... Oh, don't worry, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. (laughs) Um, But this time, we don't have to, because a lovely lady named Impa does it for us, and I'm going to cut that in right now.
2: The history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of calamity Ganon, a primal evil that has endured over the ages. This evil has been turned back time and time again by a warrior wielding the soul of a hero and a princess who carries the blood of the goddess. With the passage of time, each conflict with Ganon faded into legend. So listen closely as I tell you of this legend that occurred 10,000 years ago. Hyrule was then blossoming as a highly advanced civilization. Even the most powerful monsters posed little threat to the denizens of the realm. The people thought it wise to utilize their technological prowess to ensure the safety of the land should Calamity Ganon ever return. They constructed four mechanical wonders that came to be known as the Divine Beasts. They also built a legion of autonomous weapons called Guardians. The Divine Beasts were piloted by four individuals of exceptional skill from across the land, and thus the plan to neutralize Ganon was forged. upon Ganon's inevitable return to Hyrule. The princess and the hero fought alongside these four champions against this ancient evil. The guardians were tasked with protecting the hero as the divine beasts unleashed a furious attack upon their terrible foe. When the hero wielding the sword that seals the darkness delivered his final blow, the princess used her sacred power to seal away Calamity Ganon.
0: Alright, so when you boot up the game, you basically spring to life in a coffin. Now, took me by surprise. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was going to be. And of course, you get your Sheikah Slate, which... Craig, did you give a cheeky little chuckle when you saw the Sheikah Slate? Yeah, of course it did. Like, Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make it look like a switch. Uh-huh. I was really expecting it to look like a switch. Uh, but what the Sheikah Slate is is it's your it's your map where you you know you can put pins and beacons on it. It's where you go to fast travel. It's all this kind of stuff, and it's integrated into the world and the puzzles. So one very important moment in a lot of games is when you finally step outside and you see the world. Any thoughts when you did that this time? Like, what was the first thing you did?
1: I think the first thing I did was, oh, like that kind of noise. <laughs> oh. Yeah i I just kind of took a moment because it, it's kind of it's a really nice way to start. You don't know you woke up in the middle of nowhere in a coffin in a cave, and the way it leads you through that, and then out to this beaming light, and then you you come out into this outside world. It's absolutely beautiful. Just like, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> uh, the first thing I did was chop down a tree because Mike highly <laughs> recommended doing that. <laughs> um, a couple of gameplay things right off the bat. We'll kind of be switching between gameplay and story, I'm sure. But um, this is very different than every other Zelda game. Betty. Mm, uh, one of the big ones is your equipment. It can Your equipment, as in weapons, shields, and bows can all break. But your clothes all have uh, different stats on them. Uh, and now, are you are you a fan of that? Well, Greg? it was a big like in terms of it was a big
1: kind of point of contention, wasn't? It, with the fans, oh, this is the the worst thing ever. My sword keeps breaking. What's the but? I absolutely love it. I just think it makes you switch up how you play. It makes you think a bit more strategically. It, it you can save, you know, like you've got your sword, but you've got three sticks in your bag just in case. So you come across a weaker enemy and you swap out for your stick. Just to keep that sword for when you need it. I, I thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: I will hundred percent agree with you. Like this really, uh, I'm I'm gonna say it. It breathed new life into the Zelda oh, look combat. Oh I know, I know, it hurts. Yeah. Um, because not only are there different swords, but they are also for the first time you can use different weapons. Like uh, there's spear, there's uh, the giant hammer, then there's your regular sword, there's your boomerangs. Which, um, the first time I threw a boomerang at something and I didn't catch it, it just kind of went right by uh-huh. me. I was like, oh, uh, yeah.
2: oh, yeah. oh
0: yeah. that's how it works. Um, So there's a bunch of different weapons. And of course, they all have like elemental attributes. Like you can get your, your lightning sword or your thunder spear or whatever the hell they call it. Plus all the enemy weapons. Um, the Bobloklin. Oh, yes. Bobloklin. The Bobloklin. <laughs> Say it, Dave. Say it. Boko Boblins? Bo- is it Boko Boblin? Or... Boko Boblin. <laughs> it's a. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Okay. That one. So you, it, it, let's say you come across a Boko Boblin kind of camp. Um, not only can you decide how you want to take that camp, you could do it with stealth. You can do it like I did, where you run into camp with a giant hammer and yell, I call your mothers, yep. and then they come at you. Um, probably should bleep that probably. out. Probably. Probably bleep <laughs> that one out. <laughs> and. You just, I, I tended to go into just giant melees. Now, Craig, you're a stealthy man. What oh, yeah, it's,
1: stuck with the stealth. I was from afar combat. Uh, I did find myself changing up because, as as is the way, sometimes you don't have anything with any range and you've got to sneak in there. So you're kind of like, I'm crawling through the bushes. And like, da-da-da-da. And you know that wee lovely noise they make when they kind of get alerted? hear that and then it's
0: like oh, oh here yeah. we go and then i go in so um did you rely a lot on sneak strikes or were you mainly stay from far away with a bow uh, i
1: would stay far away from the bow mixed with if i get one sneaky strike in and then i just attack everyone that that'll satisfy me as well it's really that aspect of gameplay it's kind of oh, it's really, really satisfying to come across a camp and just be able to you know, scope it out, see where everyone is, and then go for it. It's really, I find it quite a liberating way to play a Zelda game, of all games, a Zelda game. Um,
0: huh? Yeah. Um, and, and in case you haven't played this, you, you really probably should, but those advertisements that are, you know, oh, hey, you know, if you come across a boulder, you could push it down. It's not lying. The options available to you, like, you could just go in and set fire to the grass and everybody will burn. You could roll a rock on them. You could... if You are you know, if there's a lightning storm, you can throw just a weapon in the middle of the camp and lightning will strike it and hit people. Yeah. It really is a lot of options you can use that, depending on how you want to tackle combat. T- those
1: two points there, they, they brought one of my fondest early memories. One was running about with a stick and accidentally running past a fire. So my weapon... Is now on fire and all. Oh no! <laughs> set my stick on fire. And also, if you've got a metal shield on your back, metal sword on your back, or metal armor, and does lightning, you you start seeing flashes. Oh yeah! So I'm running about, and I'm like, "Why am I flashing? Why am I fizzing? What's going on? Am I about to kind of like transcend into something great?" And then he's and then he gets struck by lightning <laughs> and then kaboom! Brilliant. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, the. Everything you've heard about the combat is really good. Uh, a couple of things of note that haven't been in any other Zelda games is this kind of has that thing where if you dodge at the exact last moment, you will get what everything slows down and you get what's called a flurry rush, and you can just pound the attack button and you're moving in pretty much regular motion while your opponent is stuck in slow motion, so you can get in a good like eight nine hits.
1: Yeah, that's that's just it's a beautiful mechanic and it's. I found it quite it, it is natural and easy to pull off. So it was just, that was that. It's a lovely one.
0: I, I only have like one or two small problems with that. Number one is the camera. The way the camera is sometimes, you could be pulling back and jump on the stick so you do a backflip, but then it ends up being a side yeah, yeah, yeah. jump. A couple of times that's got me whacked pretty hard. And number two would be the... um, sh- I, I just lost number two. Hold on a second. The camera was was number one. I can't remember what number two was. Anyway, Anyway. so I lied. I really only have one major problem (laughs) with the way combat works in this. And it's not a huge deal. It's something you kind of have to get used to. That's pretty much Mm -hmm. it. Now, we've kind of jumped, you know, just all over the place right now. So, sticking to generalities, in this one... It kind of negates that big open world problem of okay, I know where I have to go. Ah, oh, crap! I have to go around the mountain and over the river and all. In this, Link is pretty much Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. he sticks to anything.
1: That that was what sold that this whole game to me was the freedom that that climbing mechanic brings. As soon as you clock that, you can climb almost up anything. It, it's. And then you start getting upgrading your stamina, and you can climb higher and longer. And I mean, when it rains, you slip. I think there's quite nice we kind of oddities. Oh, too. I
0: hated every time it uh, rains. I would just know. stand at the bottom I of the cliff yeah. and look at it and be like, "All right, come on, uh, come on!" But it's, it's such
1: a, it's so good. It's such a satisfying way to traverse the place because you, as you say, you look and there's a mountain in fact, the particular mountain I'm thinking of is one of the first ones you come across, it's got a giant split down the middle, so you can go through the middle of it, but I thought you know
0: what? Well, I'm yeah. going to
1: climb to the top of that and you climb to the top and you find something you find, you know, like one of the wee oh crap, the name escapes me Dave, the wee the, the Kokiri? no, the wee cavey cave of wonders shrines? the shrine,
0: jeez, yeah right oh my gosh! Oh my god, sorry about, that. sorry
1: about that so you climb to the top, you spot a shrine and you can go in and interact with it and do its, its puzzles we'll get onto that in a wee while but you, you're then at the top of the mountain and you look over at the land and you can see shrines dotted about the place, you can see towers that you're clearly meant to try and climb and everything's laid out in a way that just ma- it naturally draws your attention to so many different things that you want to interact with and you've got the freedom and the ability to do it right from the start of the game you can go anywhere you want you can you can attack this game any way you want
0: yeah pretty much the only thing that hampers you when it comes to things like climbing or once you do unlock it the paragliding which it's kind of like the deku leaf from older games you can just kind of float forward um the only thing that really stops you is they took the stamina wheel from skyward sword and it is in here and there are, once you do enough, sh- let's say, shrines or, you know, other mm-hmm. things, I don't really want to spoil it yet, you can upgrade your stamina yeah. or your hearts. You have to make a choice of which one. Uh, what, did, what did you hit? Did you hit more hearts or more stamina? I
1: stamina all the way because I think I can deal with the combat. And not, Traditionally, I've been the, I'm going for my 20 hearts kind of guy, but yeah. Being able to pick stamina, let me like play the games in a way that I want to play the game in the, the way that I wanted. So I kind of felt I'll deal with it. You, you don't you never need 20 hearts. Never in a Zelda game do you need 20 hearts.
0: No, especially once you have that power from the uh, the Nehru.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to stick with the stamina. I want to climb as high as humanly possible.
0: Okay. So our little our little link has stepped out of the cave, chopped down a tree. Blew up a couple mm-hmm. Boca and then went climbing everywhere. So, once you finally sit down and you know the kind of amazement wears off, and you're like, okay, I should probably play this game instead of running around like an idiot. Uh, once you start, you meet an old man who is very obviously going to be the king of Hyrule because you know, who else is he going to be?
1: It suffers from that um Ocarina of Time chic
0: thing, it's like, <laughs> yeah. who, the hell it's like else? Right, who aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. so he sets you on a path very easy path to go to all these shrines now when you look out you're on what's called the great plateau which is a kind of well a plateau that's raised above the rest of the world so you're kind of just free it's its own little ecosystem so once you go and do these shrines you unlock the powers that you can use for the rest of the game and those powers are your remote bombs correct me if I miss one Craig yes Then you have your Magnesis, which lets you attach to pretty much anything metal. You can manipulate it. You can lift it up, lift it down, pull it towards you, things like that. Then you have your Stasis, which lets you stop certain objects. And then you have Cryosis, which lets you kind of just take pools of water and freeze them into pillars that you can climb on and walk on. So let's say you have to try to cross a raging river. You can just make a couple ice pillars and jump, jump, jump. You're good. And then your last and incredibly disappointing one is the camera. (laughs) Yeah. I Um, was very disappointed when I unlocked that last ability. I was like, oh, Oh, it's a camera. (laughs) I thought it was going to be able to fly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was something. I thought it was going to be something cool. And in this, it's kind of the Wind Waker thing where, if you remember Wind Waker, there's the guy who gave you the camera and go take pictures of creatures and places and things like that. And you kind of fill out an encyclopedia which, if you're really hurting for things to do in this game, and you yeah. want to keep playing it, that's that's a good thing to do. So once you finish all these shrines that the old man wanted you to do, then he just kind of gives you the paraglider. You glide down, and poof, you're in the world. Yep. You only it- have one objective. I believe your objective at that point is what? Go to Kakariko Village, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's quite a ways away, if I remember correctly. So they're really counting on you to just kind of go all right, I'm heading to the, oh, what's that over there? And you just kind of scroll away everywhere. Yeah,
1: the plateau is a really nice way to start off the game because it limits the space that you can explore and pretty much explains really naturally and really easily how you can play the rest of the game. There's no waiting to unlock anything or doing anything. You can just get everything you need from the plateau and the last thing you get is the glider to glide off it and job done
0: um i I don't know about you Craig but the last one you played with me was um Twilight Princess, and comparing Twilight Princess to this the way this has like no tutorials at all, I found so amazing
1: i can it's it is it's absolutely it's incredibly designed it's anyway i'm I'm not gonna say how I feel about the game yet
0: <laughs> I wonder I'll be on pins and needles <laughs> for the end of this. <laughs> So I guess here is where we kind of ran into some difficulty deciding how we're going to do this, because we both went different attacks on how to tackle the game. Craig, which did you go?
1: I, well, that depends. I thought we did the same thing, but I'll say I, and then you can tell me if I'm wrong. But what I did was I uh, came off the Great Plateau. I started walking towards Kakariko Village came across a tower to unlock some more of the map, and then decided to take it upon myself to do all of the towers in one loop of the map, uh, anti-clockwise, because... Because
0: clockwise is for squares.
1: <laughs> exactly. Who who goes clockwise? Uh, so I went round, did most of the towers, and then I went to Kakariko Village, so I spent the first... 20 hours of the game <laughs> or something like that just unlocking
0: towers. Um per- personally I we kind of started out on the same tack of let's do the towers and don't be too disheartened it's not very far cry. It's like one tower per giant chunk of the map. Yeah. It's not like you'll be spending all your time going up 15 20 towers. There's only 7 I think in the whole game.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're really satisfying to do because they're kind of like their own wee mini-puzzle. Different way to climb no, it. No, Craig,
0: Dif- they're not satisfying to do.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Because it's when d- you're in nothing but your skimpy little Haynes t-shirt and some mm-hmm. shorts, and it's negative 42 outside, and poor Link is freezing to death trying to climb up this stupid tower because uh, you don't want to do anything else yet. No, it's not fun.
1: Well, Dave, I, I must disagree because my t-shirt had a switch on it because i got the um the expansion
0: pass when,
1: when oh. the game came out. so as a bonus i got a switch themed t-shirt
0: oh and is the switch themed t-shirt very warm it is
1: useless for everything <laughs> i wore it i wore it for as long as i could and then it's like no i'm really sorry t-shirt you have gotta go
0: But yeah, um that's kind of introduces a new mechanic to this, which are extreme temperatures. Yeah. And there are there's of course extreme hot, extreme cold. And if you don't go and get the armor needed for these things, you'll lose health at a rate of like I think it's half a heart every four or five seconds. Yeah, it's it's brutal. To be honest, yeah, it can bleed you pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Um and that that kind I kind of had a problem with that because it doesn't tell you where you could go to get it. Like, it's a while before you find heat-resistant clothes. Uh, I don't know, because it, it is a while before you find... Well, depending on if you go to Death Mountain first or not.
1: Okay, right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I hit Death Mountain first. You're, you're oh, really? really right. I, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hit it last. That was my dead last one.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So, there are uh, measures you can take, like if you take Um, I guess this is a great time to talk about another mechanic, Craig. If you take, uh, say meat you got from slaughtering a poor elk, or, you know, maybe you beat a pig up and you mix it with certain ingredients, it will say on it, you know, mix into a meal and you'll have resistance against cold or heat. And that lasts, you know, you can make that last anywhere from like three to nine minutes. And so if you cook a bunch of food that makes you resistant to that weather, yeah, you could kind of get your way through it but you'll never really do it comfortably until you get the armor that's made for that. But, cooking! Cooking!
1: Cooking. How many times did I make disgusting slop (laughs) trying to mix different things together? Oof.
0: Um, My link was a big fan of uh, crab and vegetable steamed Mm, dishes. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, right? But I ended up really starting to like the cooking thing until i made it like halfway through the game and then i was like oh why isn't there just like a recipe list or something i could just you know bang out the dishes i have the ingredients for
1: yeah i i get what you're saying but i i would i preferred it without i think it was kind of nice having to just hand craft meals because I, I don't know about you, but I found it quite a juggle by the end, trying to make sure that I had enough meals to boost my stamina, enough meals to boost my health, enough meals to resist cold and to resist heat. And, and it becomes quite a juggle and quite fiddly, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. It's like inventory management.
0: Oh, no, see, I'm a, I'm a fast food gotta okay, get it right. kind of American, yeah. Craig. I ain't got time for handcrafted <laughs> meals and that nonsense. Um, Yeah, I just kind of made a bunch of one thing, and The cooking itself can be a bit of a pain. I mean, we disagree a little bit, but you have to go into your inventory. You have to select what you want to hold. Then you have to back out of the menu. Then you have to drop it into the pot and the cooking animation has to play. And then you have your meal. So each time you cook, it's not like you can cook 10 at a time. You have to cook each individual meal. I kind of got a little fed up with that towards the end of the game. But again, nothing I would say is even remotely close to a complaint. Just kind of a, eh, maybe they'll change that in the future.
1: See when I go now. Can you please splice in the noise it makes when things cooking? Because the ah uh, oh right, yeah. So now
2: the
0: <laughs> just 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 so unheartening as soon as you pops stuff into the pot, you hear, oh, it's making the bad noise. Uh, yeah, oh, it's making the bad yeah, noise. <laughs> it, oh,
1: no, yeah. Slop. Damn. I I really liked it. I really got on with it. I, I've, I felt it was completely natural. Like, if you did hit Death Mountain first, you got the armor that resisted heat as part of your travels into Death Mountain, but before you even get that armor, it, even the helmet, I think it's the helmet you get first, it partially resists heat. So, yes, before you get the helmet, someone gives you the potion that resists heat. So, it kind of builds you up to getting that armor, and it just... Uh, the Goron as well. The Goron is just my favorite racer, so just I just want to be a Goron.
0: Honestly, we have a little bit okay. of a beef. We'll get to that beef later, but okay. we have a difference of opinion here. Uh, I think we've covered all of the like major yeah. new mechanics. The other things are while you're on your main quest, you will not find a lot of puzzles. Puzzles are very relegated to these little shrines that you're on a like we said, I believe there's 120 or 150, one of the two. So they're kind of just puzzle boxes. You go in, you do, you get the reward from, which is uh, spirit orbs. And every four of these, you can go to the goddess statue and you can pray for either health or stamina.
1: Mm. I was a bit disappointed it was always the same E.T. looking character that was in every single one.
0: Well, then, yeah, there's a couple models, but yeah, uh, basically it's a mummy. Mm. Oh, is it and a mummy? Like, here, you saw my puzzle. Uh, yeah, they're mummies.
1: That makes sense. That, that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, really old worshippers. I mean, see, it could be Skeletor. Maybe he's bored, he's looking for more work. But oh I can't remember what I was now. Oh, yeah. So those shrines will become kind of a I'm on my way to the main quest. Oh, here's a shrine. Let me stop and do it. Personally, I didn't really do any shrines until I had done a couple of the different races. And then I just went on this bang spree of I think I finished 67 shrines before I was like, all right, it's time to kill Ganon. I feel good. Shrine wise, what?
1: Did you think about the things like the 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 ones where you had to interact with the game more, like they use the game pads to balance the ball, uh, marble madness style?
0: It made me really wish I was playing Monkey Ball and not just <laughs> really cut down. Now, see, um, most of the time I was playing. Kelsey and Abby were here and they were watching, and on those things we took turns, and none of us could really get it to like correlate between what we're doing in real life and what it's doing in the game so it was kind of like all right you have to hold it at like a 65 degree angle to get it to be straight and then you twist it kind of thing so it was a little wonky for us that
1: was a bit of an issue but i found a lot of those ball ones you could actually flick the ball and it would just act like a traditional projectile and just. Hack your way through.
0: Um, the the ones I had the most trouble on. Uh, this is one very specific, and you might not remember it. But do you remember the one where there's a whole bunch of boulders coming down this slanted hill, and there's water on the slanted hill, and you've got to create the ice? That for like twenty minutes was like, how do you do this? And see, here's the thing. I thought you had to use those boulders that were falling down. Oh. And so I actually managed to pop one of the rock boulders into the hole. And I'm like, why aren't you working? Why aren't you working? And then I found out you have to use a very specific yeah. orb to get it in there. But for the most part, now I'm a man that doesn't like puzzles. If you listen to any of these other episodes, I don't really do puzzles. I actually really like the shrines. Oh, good. Um, A lot of them have to do with physics. There aren't a lot of like ridiculous Zelda puzzles like, hmm, you have to move this invisible block to get the torch to go on fire. And then you have to go through the door that just opened, but you don't know where it is kind of thing. It, It doesn't do that. They're all very physics based or you can see what you have to do. The puzzle is then figuring out how can you do it. And the really cool thing is since they give you such a giant moveset, you can skirt around some of the ones and not do them the way you know they want you to do. Yeah. Like, here's a good example of that, Craig, where I almost, like, cried. I was so happy. Okay. So, there's, and we'll explain the Divine Beast later, but there's a puzzle in one of the Divine Beasts where you have to pop two of those electrical balls because the inside is spinning like a tumbler. And you've got to try to, you know, get these electrical balls in there. And, like, oh, man. So I was having a really tough time figuring this out. Like, I just couldn't get it to go where I needed to go. And then I noticed there's a very small gap between the ceiling and the <laughs> fence. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could. And, yeah, I, I used the, uh, yep. the bird ability. Shot up in the air. Just kind of squidged over it and bypassed the puzzle. It was uh. great. I was so happy. Because it's like that thing in video games, right? Where you're like, alright, your mission is to get in this building and it's yeah. made of glass oh, windows God, yeah, but the door's yeah. locked and you just can't get in. And smash like, a window? Just, just yeah. smash a window, man! Get in! And this lets you smash that window and get in. I am so happy with the way they decided to do puzzles. There's not a very it, prescriptive way to it do is, it.
1: and I keep going back to this point, but it is the most, one of the most f- liberating and uh I've diffused the word liberating before, but it's it feels so free-flowing loveliness. You can play it any way you want. This is what I just I thought made it brilliant. Oh, no, but I won't say how I feel about it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, don't say, don't, no, don't say brilliant. No,
1: yeah. no, 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 no.
0: So after you do a bunch of these shrines, you're all set, you're like, all right, let's go see Impa, and you heard her at the beginning of the podcast telling you what's going on, and she sends you on a quest to do basically the embassy approach to the different races mm-hmm. of Hyrule. Okay, so the races are, there are the Gorons that live on Death Mountain.
2: Our century-old Ganon beatdown plan can finally go into effect. I'm gonna take this down the mountain. I'll have a better shot at Ganon
0: there. There are the secret master race of the entire Zelda franchise, and that's the Zora.
2: Hello, Hello, Link. Because of your courage, my spirit is now free, and Ruta as well. Thank you, for I am now allowed by this freedom to be with you once again.
0: And then you have living in the desert, like awesome Arabian sh- sheiks, they have the Garuda.
2: I knew you wouldn't let us down, Link. We Gerudo have no tolerance for unfinished business. And then
0: you have the ones nobody likes because they're just uppity and, ah, uh, the bird people. I, uh, the Rudo. Yeah. Well done. I suppose I should thank you now that my spirit is free. This returns Meadow back to its rightful owner. So, does anybody like the bird people? Anybody?
1: Uh, I do not like the bird people. I, I don't know anyone that would like the bird people because they are so, like, uh, who are you? You're not a bald. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, they, they got a really, really boring chief. He's just some fat mm-hmm. owl. The The main representative that you end up dealing with sounds a lot like Falco from Star Fox. And while Falco is cool, this guy is just a bit of a douche. So, yeah. so Craig, you went to Death Mountain first. I did. I went to the Zora people first because fish people are really cool. Now, one one thing about these races that we've never seen before is their voice acted. Yes, yes, yeah, oh, and it yes. is so good. Yeah, I will clip in a little from each race as we talk about them. Let's start with the Gorons because mm-hmm. that was your first stop.
1: Yeah, uh, I went to the Gorons first because I think out of everywhere I was visiting, Death Mountain is Death Mountain, and I thought I'd want that if this is as free as it is, I want to go straight up Death Mountain. Who, who wouldn't? There's a giant scorpion up there. I'll up and
0: see what it looks like. oh uh, Craig, Craig, it's what? not a scorpion, it's it's a salamander. Is it actually a salamander? It's a salamander. I thought it was a scorpion. It would have been got way big... cooler if it was a scorpion. It's got <laughs> a big tail. <laughs> well salamanders have tails. They just don't have stingers on the end of them.
1: Oh. Oh, I thought it was a scorpion.
0: That would have been mad. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that, that's why you can cling to the, the the actual volcano because salamanders can you know have the sticky feet.
2: Well, scorpions, scorpions
0: any,
1: right? Okay, <clears throat> yeah, I went to Death Mountain first because there was a giant scorpion up there. <laughs> 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 I I just hit Death Mountain because I thought if this is as free as what you know it is, I want to get up there. There's a giant salamander up there. Yes, it's a salamander, and. I just I just wanted to go up there. I instantly ran into a problem with the heat, but you know overcame that. And that was one of the kind of the things that kind of just got me was I want to go up there. I can't quite get up there now, but there's gotta be a way to do it. And it's it doesn't guide you on how to do it, but it's not completely stupid or contrived how you get up there if you, you know what I mean.
0: It's all it feels natural.
1: You ask somebody, essentially, you
0: ask Yeah, there's somebody. almost, yeah, there's kind of a general rule of, hey, let me ask this NPC, why can't I go up there? And they'll be like, oh, this is why I can't go up there, stupid, it's really hot. And they'll be like, I guess if you're that stupid, here, let me give you a helmet. Uh, give me ten lizards. You look like the person that would carry ten lizards on you. Mm-hmm. So you. Give them ten lizards, you get a hat, that helps you deal with the heat. It doesn't completely negate it until you get the full set. Yeah. But it's enough to where you're not bleeding hearts, necessarily. That's great.
1: That's great.
0: And generally, each representative that you go to will kind of work out the same way. Because in the story, there were, as I'm sure Impa said, there were champions from each race a hundred years ago when you tried to defeat Ganon. Each of those champions is now dead and stuck in one of the divine beasts that Ganon is controlling. So, it's pretty much go and meet a representative of each race, and then go free their Divine Beast. Now, Divine Beast, which one is your favorite Divine Beast, Craig? Just in terms of design, maybe boss fight?
1: Uh, Design-wise, I think it was the elephant. I really liked that um, inside the elephant. They're all gigantic mechanical puzzles, but the elephant, you just essentially control the angle of the trunk. And you can shoot water at various different angles to do different things inside it. I thought that was pretty cool, to be honest. It, it uh, really... personally,
0: I like the bird. Like, I think the bird was the most fun puzzle to figure out. Like, you know, because you can turn it and bank it, with the pitch, and, yaw. Yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. So if I turn the room this way, this will slide down. <laughs> if you um, t- if you that, that way you'll fall fight, off. <laughs> yeah, I did that many, many times. No, like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. And then you fall off. Um. In terms of boss fights, because each one, it's kind of a boss fight where you can break into the Divine Beast to actually fiddle with its insides. I think the uh, the elephant wins, hands down. Like, riding around on the back of the prince, shooting arrows into this thing. Yeah. Was really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, once you're in the Divine Beast, then you have to uh, use all these terminals. And these terminals are in a very 3D space. It's not like a regular dungeon in Zelda. This is going to, you get kind of a wireframe model of the divine beast and you'll see little blips on where the terminals are and you have to figure out a way, okay, how do I get up there or how do I manipulate this beast's arms or its trunk or the angle that it's at or with the salamander, you know, it's, it's like flip upside down kind of thing in order to get to all these terminals that are everywhere. How do you feel about that compared to, you know, you walk into the, the forest and, okay, now you're in the Lost Woods dungeon area. Do you know, do you I prefer these to a dungeon?
1: I, this is the thing when I played, I thought, oh my God, I, I know, I know you probably have some beef at some point with the puzzly nature of them. But I thought you would love this, because when you've got your traditional, you go and do six dungeons, and then you've unlocked another two dungeons that you need to go and do, and it's all very linear, and you have to do that. I thought replacing that traditional eight or nine dungeons with four gigantic puzzle dungeon beast-type things... And all the wee shrines. I thought you would absolutely and utterly love it, and I absolutely and utterly loved it. So I was just like, "Dave, <laughs> you, ha- you have to do this. It's different, and I can't exactly tell you why. Just experience it." Okay, so it.
0: when we when we say dungeon, there are only what Craig? Like you'll fight maybe four or five things throughout the entire ancient beast. Yeah, they're not combat dungeons. No,
1: no, not at all. they the very puzzle, very physical puzzles to solve.
0: Now see when when you're outside of the Divine Beast, I was scared with the scale of how small you are compared to how big they are. I was like, oh, they're just going to be the dungeons. Ah, oh, darn it. And once I finally hopped into the first one, which was the elephant, and it was just, nah, manipulate this kind of like a Rubik's Cube and figure out where to go. I'm like, oh my gosh, they did something new. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot tell you how excited I was <laughs> to just realize they've been sitting on a lot of really good ideas yeah. and I'll, I'll that that's wrap up talk there. I'll, I'll leave that. Okay. But yes, I love the device. I, I can't say I didn't get frustrated with some of them yeah. just because I'm yeah. not a puzzle man, but on the whole, this was a very fresh, very good idea yeah. to do. And it never failed all four times, four times you did this, that the, the feeling you get when you hit that last terminal is always yes. Got it. So, you finally cracked into your your race of choice, their divine beast, and that's when you actually have to fight Ganon. And it's not the Ganon, it's kind of like the spirit of Ganon, and it embodies whatever the element was of the area you're in. For the desert, oddly enough, it's is it thunder lightning.
1: thunder, but bl- no.
0: Yeah, thunder doesn't actually hit anything.
1: No, it doesn't, does that Even though video
0: games and Pokemon has taught us very differently, Thunder doesn't have, you know, the electricity. But yeah, uh, it is lightning for the Garuda, and then fire, of course, for the Gorons, water for the Zora, and then the Ruto is wind because they're uppity birds. So Ganon will kind of embody whatever element of the area you're in. And then once you finish that fight, that's when a cutscene occurs. You know, you talk with the champion that you were with 100 years ago, and that beast is now free now what happens when the beast is free is you get a ability on a cooldown timer so with the zora beast the elephant what the ability is is that when you die it will bring you back to life with a bunch of extra hearts and you can use that what uh, craig what would you say like once every hour maybe Yeah, it's
1: it's not it's not quick no no no
0: it's really not And then when, you know, you swallow your bile and you do the bird people, they give you an ability to jump really high up in the air. And you get three charges of that before you have to let it recharge.
1: Very handy. Very, very handy.
0: Uh, The Gorons, I thought, was the most useless. Like, that shield, it's a shield that will block anything. Because in this, you do have to worry about your shield strength. So you could take a good hit on a shield and it break. And this gives you that ability to, no matter, even if you don't have a shield equipped... It's just a shield that will stop anything without any damage towards you. You get that three times before you has to recharge. And it recharges fairly quick. Like, I think it's like 15 minutes and it's recharged.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's hit it just before you fight any boss or yeah, garden, pretty much. The, the the swarm or
0: anything like that. And the last one, which was my favorite, was the Garuda. And that gives you an ability to just lightning strike everything within your view pretty much Mm -hmm. and that that i found the most useful and that saved my bacon when it came to ganon at the end now you'll notice we haven't yet actually mentioned the master sword and i want to say right off the bat master sword is not that important in this it's really not nor is the shield so the master oh god oh no 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 You,
1: you go you go I said what I need I, all I said was not is the shield. The oh, only thing, the only oh, okay. benefit to the 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 salt in the shield apart from, you know, the usual benefits is they don't wear down as quick as everything else. You can use it for a fair portion before it breaks.
0: Okay, so the way I understood it, and I probably should have checked into this and I'm sorry I didn't. It will not break if it's dealing if damage to anything involving Ganon.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And everything else, it becomes a normal sword, which is great because it's been nine games. And they always talk about how the master sword is a sword that seals the darkness. But all it really does is two hearts worth of damage to that Deku tree or plant. Yeah. And that's it. You know, it's it's not really special. And this, it's very special. You save it for those special occasions where you're smacking the crap out of Ganon. And it works. The only problem is... It's out in the open. You can get it whenever you want as long as you can get through the Lost Woods, which is a brilliant puzzle. Very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to spoil it because it's kind of a cool moment. And we have to remember, this is a new game. This is the first time we're talking about a new game.
1: I know. No, no, so, no, yeah. yeah,
0: trying to keep it light on the spoilers. It takes health. There's a health tax to pulling the Master Sword out of the stone. So, it's not like you can go there and let your first sword be the master sword. I believe it's 12. I think.
1: I'm going to take your word for it. Hearts. I had enough. By the because time I hit it, I had enough.
0: <laughs> I I only had 12 heart containers, and I believe it took me down to like the last half. And at that point, you're sweating because it will kill you. Mm-hmm. This doesn't pull any punches in the fact of up. Oh, you went down to a quarter heart, and it doesn't kill you. Nope, you can just die trying to get the master sword, which is, again... Very cool idea. I like that. So let's say you've gotten all these divine beasts. You're good to go. You got your master sword. You got that cool jeweled shield from the Garuda. You head off to Ganon. I hate this place, Craig. (laughs) Hate it. You hate Hyrule Castle. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Yes. Can't stand it. (sighs) Mainly because I don't... It stopped feeling well designed in terms of enemy encounters because they just threw... A whole bunch of Guardians, and... Oh, wait, they might defeat those Guardians. Here, more Guardians! More Guardians! You know, it was just that kind of thing. I got... But... Oh, God.
1: I got two Ganon without being spotted. I've Metal Gear linked it.
0: I was hoping you'd Wild West link it.
1: Nah, Metal Gear link all the way.
0: Now, then, you don't know, do you? If you follow the path, what happens?
1: I didn't follow. I went in the back. I um, Oh, you sneaky Pete. I went in the back and then used my um, Zora swimming up waterfalls to swim up the waterfalls at the back. And then basically scale the outside. um, Weird Eagles dare style.
0: Okay. All right. Now, see, I ended up doing that at the beginning when you had to get in for the picture for your memories. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. But th- I'm like, all right, this is this one. This is Storm in the Castle Gates. You can't, you can't go in like a little ninny. What happens? I went in the front gate. Okay, so first of all, there's about 42 guardians, like, <laughs> oh, and that no. is no over-exaggeration. And once you learn how to parry them, they shoot. they kind of do this tracking laser thing, and once they charge up, they'll just shoot you with a laser blast, which will do intense amounts of damage yeah. no matter what armor you're wearing. If you parry it just right, think Dark Souls. there is a parry in this. If you parry it just right, it reflects it back and hits them, and two of them will kill a guardian. So when you're going up the main path, the going is incredibly slow because every three feet, it's a guardian. And if you have multiple ones hitting you, it's like, well, all right, that was fun, Link. Your adventure's over. Uh. But you have to go through these crenellations in the castle, and you'll walk into this little tower, and then the gates will shut, and it's a box. And it's a boss you fought before. It's that centaur thing. Is that down where the X. Master Shield is? Honestly, I didn't get the Master Shield. I
1: think it's somewhere down where you're describing right now. I think it's in a jail cell somewhere down underneath
0: the castle. Oh. Well, I feel bad for not getting the Master Shield. I wondered if that was in here. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, huh? it is. So you mentioned it a little while ago. But yeah, yeah, you end up having to fight three boss fights in order to get two Ganon. So, by the time you're 2 Ganon, you're just, you know, leaning on the wall, panting, (laughs) you just rip the shreds. So then I I was like, okay, I I technically did it. So then I warped out, and I just went in the back way, like a sneaky Pete. Fair enough. Because with the Zora armor that lets you swim up waterfalls, plus that giant bird jump, there's really not very many places you can't get to without ever seeing anything.
1: Yeah, that's not a all. Or
0: being seen by anything, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Craig. Yep. You're standing in front of the door for Ganon. I am. You're ready to go in. Ganon bursts out of his cocoon, that, and it's oh my god, what is that? The, it's the most that's spectacular
1: Ganon. <laughs> um, Ganon and boss fight ever. It's fantastic that Calamity Ganon is just something else. Terrifying.
0: <laughs> Okay, so, (laughs) if you know Souls, think kind of the one reborn mixed with Dark Beast Parle. He is like six legs, four arms, everything's goopy.
1: Oh, yeah. Wins
0: the coolest Ganon award. I'll give him that. And I won't spoil the boss fight. I I don't want to spoil the ending either. But the boss fight at the end They pull no punches. This sucker's got some teeth. Uh, Did you do it on your first go? I
1: did. I did.
0: But I was... But... uh, ah, I had one heart. See,
1: by the time I did this... It's something I I maybe should have asked at the start, but I... How long did you play until you got to Ganon? Because I was a solid 110, 115 hours before I went in. I was very i was heartily prepared for for jeez (laughs) yeah Uh, you know failed to prepare prepared to fail and all that but i it was still tricky as anything so i can't imagine you know you can go straight to hyrule castle from when the game loads and you get off the plateau so you can sail off the plateau after two hours And just make a beeline for Hyrule Castle, and if you manage to make it, you can battle cannon with your three hearts and a wooden (laughs) stair.
0: Good luck, Um, anyone that can do that. Um, personally, I went in with uh, the heart containers you get from bosses, and then three extra. So I think that brings you to twelve, like a full bar, but not the double bar. I went in with that, and I believe I want. I calculated it using that you know the Wii Daily Log thing. Yeah. I think I was at 49 hours, I think. So almost half of of what you did. Jeez. But uh, yes, this is is hands down the best boss fight I've ever played in a Zelda game. Nothing ever comes close. It is very quick. They don't do the hit him in the glowing spot. It's not the, okay, he takes a few swipes. Oop, now he's vulnerable. Hit him four or five times and then back to just kind of moving around and ducking and diving. No, this this is a straight up knockdown drag out boss fight. Yes. Oh, so good. Now, my my question is this. So, after you do a good chunk of damage, Ganon goes into kind of this shielded mode.
1: Do you remember? Oh, sorry. Yes. I didn't know if it was a question for me or a question for the audience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that can't respond. We do this every damn week, Craig.
1: Oh God! Again. Um, yeah.
0: How do you break that shield to damage him? Because if it's the way I did it, I'm actually kind of surprised it takes that much skill. Thunderstorm
1: ability cracks that shield. Job done.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's that's one way to do it. Uh, because I was trying everything. I was trying bombs. I was trying, okay, maybe he's magnetic now. <laughs> maybe I can latch. I don't know. Maybe he's made trying of Walter. Everything. I can I waste... a column out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperate at this point, man. Um, but, yeah, I shot 62 oh, bomb arrows. In I shot everything I had. And not everything just does that tink. And you're like, no, no tink. And eventually, uh, you know, that cannon mm-hmm. kind of has that shoulder on his cannon. I ended up having to reflect that back at him. And that's the only way I could do damage to him. I don't know if that's the only way you can do it. I do know you can use the thunderstorm mm-hmm. ability. Like you nope. said, yeah, the, reflecting it must
1: but, be how one way to do it because of the fact that people have completed it without doing any of the, 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 any of the game.
0: That's you a know? very good point. I, I mean, I even tried bombs at that point. I was like, okay, like yeah. a square bomb. All right, maybe that'll do it. Um, but yeah, if, if that's the case, that's a really high mm-hmm. barrier. And that's not very Nintendo-like, to be like, well, if you just can't parry, eh, you don't get to finish it. And I really like that. Like oh, that's it, really it,
1: good. It's, it was a really, really, really satisfying boss. Because of that, because it wasn't your traditional Zelda boss, it wasn't traditional phases, there wasn't, there, as you say, there wasn't this kind of set piece boss fight it was a, just a, a more fluid fight
0: and that and that's another reason why craig you really need to try souls and every know. boss fight is like that um but now once you do that and i'm gonna keep the spoilers incredibly light here there is a secondary phase to this where you're on a horse okay so if you don't want to hear any more spoilers craig here will put in the time that you can skip to And we won't be talking about the end boss fight anymore. I'm still going to keep it light just in case you're curious. But you're riding around on a horse. You have to shoot it with the bow of light, kind of like you do with other Zelda games. Now, Craig, I have a little story here. Okay. So it is 1.30 in the morning. I have to go to work at 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, okay, I know this is the end. If they pull the do three more dungeons thing right now, I'm going to throw my Wii U out the window. So I'm like, all right, I got to stick with this. So I beat Ganon. Onto the second phase, I'm like, I'm on my horse, which I haven't used in a good 45 hours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the horse is controlled like crap, but I believe that's because I got kind of a crappy breed. I didn't get any big one. Anyway, so Zelda's like, shoot it in the glowy bits. And I'm like, all right, glowy bits, got this. Shot it literally 72 times, and nothing <laughs> was happening. Like what's going on? Don't tell me it glitched. And I'm running around, and I'm losing my hearts, down to my last heart now, and it still wouldn't do anything. I got knocked off the horse. The horse ran away. I couldn't call it, so I'm running <laughs> around on my my feet, just trying to avoid this giant boss. And then Kelsey's watching, and she's like, "Are you using the right bow?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, they wouldn't make you have to equip it. With- oh, they did." <laughs> so after all that running around I'm starting to get really angry Just let me finish this I have to go to work ah finally I did it no problems but oh man Craig that was so frustrating but
1: yeah that, that sounds like hell thankfully I didn't go through that same
0: so hell you, you weren't an idiot and you noticed I have to equip the bow as soon as I get it yeah Oh, but what did you think of the final boss fight,
1: uh, I, I, I liked to I liked the fact <laughs> that I was shooting the the light arrows. Oh, okay. Um,
0: uh, I like the eyeballs.
1: how much? How much? How much? all oh, right. Are we going in, Are we going into details?
0: Uh, no, I uh, we just vague details. Like, like when the it opens and there's eyeballs everywhere. And you're like, Ooh. okay,
1: right? Ooh. Yeah, I just thought. Do you know something? This is it. Carries on that kind of awesomeness from initial Calamity Ganon and his weird six legged weirdness and it just kind of carries that through it's not like you're fighting some traditional boss it's just so different and weird and awesome I, absolutely not like by the time this was happening I think it was similar situation like I'd stayed up just to get to Ganon and do it so this is like 2 3 in the morning <laughs> and I finish it and it's just, it's just, incredible, incredible,
0: incredible. You just have to believe it. Yes. <laughs> um. Now I'm not going to say anything about the. Oh, by the way, Craig, future you, pop in this timestamp. I'm not going to say anything about the ending, other than the fact that it wraps things up nicely. It kind of puts a bow on it, and makes me wonder if we're even going to get a second one along these lines. I'm not sure. Like, keeping it really vague, Craig, you know what I mean? Like, it tied everything up. But that's the thing. It tied everything up. But
1: the whole game was set 100 years in the future. So, you know... Oh, oh, I'm talking about, like,
0: there won't be... I don't think there'll be a Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, right. Yeah, no, God, no, no, no. There won't be a sequel. Even though if it goes back to, Um, like, Twilight Princess, I'm gonna cry, Craig.
1: Oh, can you imagine? That'd be great.
0: Um, okay, so... These are kind of wrap-up thoughts, but I don't want to talk too much about it because, again, it's new. It's, you know, pretty new. Um, I said that twice because I'm trying to gather words, so give me a moment. Okay, so characters. Link still doesn't talk. I think that's a problem here.
1: Because everyone else talks. Like,
0: conversations, yeah, are one-sided and awkward. It's just like, oh, you're being silent. Okay, I'll go off on this monologue. Not that that's bad. It just feels weird that Link doesn't talk in this.
1: I I picked up in that, but I think for me it would have been weirder had Link talked. Well,
0: that's my idea. This is a fresh start. This is a whole new Zelda. That would have been the perfect time to do it. That and That
1: is a very good point.
0: They yeah. do, uh, that's just a personal thing. Like I would have liked to see conversations between Link and the princess and Link and the champions... I mean, either that or make it a story reason. Like, maybe he got hit in the throat or something and he just can't talk anymore. But just to have him, like, Gordon Freeman it where he can talk, he just decides not to, that's a little weird still.
1: Number maybe two- he couldn't talk because he was in a sarcophagus for a hundred years.
0: <laughs> that part of him atrophied. Nothing else, just that part. <laughs> exactly. Um. Another thing is, with the other characters, I really like how there's now kind of flavors of the people. You can hear the way they talk is different in their dialects. I like that. That's a good thing. What's not a good thing, Craig, is Zelda. Uh, What was wrong with Zelda? I did not like her ear. You didn't like her ear? I I didn't like her ears. I mean, she didn't clean behind them. It was kind of muck all in it. It was was gross, and they're long and pointy, so you can really tell. What was wrong with her? She, she
1: She had the lovely, sweet voice. She did... You're just saying that she's
0: British.
1: (laughs) Well, yes. Uh, She did very little in the game.
0: Well, my Um, problem with her is is exactly that. She did very little. And a lot of complaining.
1: Yeah, she's very much the Princess Ruto of this game. I
0: get it. She's played more as a teenager who hasn't quite found her place in the world. She's very fragile. Mm -hmm. I get that. That's great. But she needs to mature at some point. And that would have been great To see her after the champions have all been knocked out, that's when she matures into somebody that isn't constantly second-guessing or whining or crying, that kind of thing. I like the character of her, it's just that she didn't change over the whole game.
1: Okay, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. and, And in something like Skyward Sword, where they actually made Link and Zelda a couple before, you know, anything happened, she worked really well as this kind of confident, sort of bossing Link around kind of person, and it... I, just, I guess I just didn't like the way they took her here.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Uh, on the other note, the Garuda champion... Yeah, thumbs up, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. yeah. Was definitely. beast. Yeah, yep. So, all in all, I would say the way they took the characters, definitely a plus in my book. Good time. Um, Small niggles I have, where I won't dang it, but it's there. I don't like how fishing for side quests was a bit of a pain in the butt. Like you had to walk like within three inches of somebody's face to notice they had a quest. That's true. If they maybe what not, not so much something so overt like the Warcraft thing, where there's a giant exclamation mark above their head, but something to where maybe you could look at the mini map and say, Hmm, oh, have I done all these, you know, little side quest things. We're going to start wrapping this up because we've been going for quite a while now. And hopefully some of this I'll edit down. So it's not too long for you guys. But Craig, give me your final thoughts on Zelda.
1: Okay. My final thoughts on Zelda. It is amazing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It feels properly good to play. It's fantastic looking. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's got a lovely kind of feel to it. There's unique characters in the game out with the one character per race that you normally talk to there's it's a living breathing thing you've got the freedom to do whatever you want within reason but quite quite a lot to do you can play the game how you want it's proper adventure and exploration and that really it really really sings to me so i just, I flipping loved it I loved every moment of it and never ever, you always get that thing, and you you say it some people don't pick up on it, but I get it, it's you play a Zelda and you do you, your first six dungeons, you get your oracles and then you've got to go and do something else and you think, okay that's it, I must be off to fight Ganon now, and then there's another dungeon <laughs> and you think, oh why, why isn't this over yet I'd never, never once got to that point, and I, I played quite a considerable <laughs> yes, part of the Double game. Yes, you did. Double what I did. I just, I totally lost myself in it. Playing it, um, you'll get it, on, obviously, on the Wii U or the Switch. Playing it handheld is an absolute treat. Playing it on the telly, it's absolutely beautiful. I get very, 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 very little that I could ever... To use your phrase, Dave, ding it for. Yes. And to, to the point I, I couldn't, I can't think of anything at the moment because I just fell in love with it. I thought it was fantastic.
0: So this absolutely justifies buying a Wii U for you?
1: Oh, 100%. 1 million%. And on and, and top of everything, this game has kind of pulled me back into Nintendo World. So I've ended up, you know, playing through every other Wii U game that I can get my hands on. <laughs> and it's got, quite a, it's got a small, but quite strong catalogue.
0: I think I think this is the perfect swan song for the Wii U to go out on.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So it I,
0: shows oh. that it had a lot of potential. It really did. Okay, so, this is not only my final thoughts on Breath of the Wild, this is also my final thoughts on every other Zelda game I've played.
1: So oh my goodness. I, I may
0: tear up a little bit. I'd like to thank everybody for sticking with me through this. But um, OK, so Breath of the Wild, I went in with an overly critical eye because Mike and Craig hyped this thing so much. You figure there's no way it can live up to any near amount of hype. And yes, you know what? If you look really hard you can find things that will bug you. The fact that if you switch to a weapon that you haven't used in a long time, it takes a moment to load. Yeah, it's there. It's not a game-breaking thing, but it's there. You can find little things, but you know what? You feel like a dick looking for these little (laughs) things to complain about. All in all, Zelda is the game Nintendo should have always wanted. Sorry, Breath of the Wild is the Zelda game that Nintendo should have wanted to do after Ocarina. The fact that they had this many good ideas they were sitting on for, I don't know how long, because Nintendo has a very weird development cycle. I don't know how long they were sitting on these ideas, but the fact that they shoveled out a bunch of kind of subpar Zelda games in the meantime, kind of makes me angry. Like, if you guys were sitting on this, why didn't you, you know full steam ahead earlier than the death of a system. And to be fair, the birth of a new one, like this is a great opening salvo for the switch, but not everybody has a switch yet. So as for the game itself, I wholeheartedly plan to go back to this when all the DLC is done. I want to do all the shrines. I want to try to defeat Ganon with less than a full salvo of things. So You want
1: I, to defeat Ganon within four hours of the game starting? That should be a target.
0: <laughs> That's going to be rough. I mean, I, I want to try. This kind of has what Souls did for me, where it's, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff I want to try now. So, yeah, I can't praise this highly enough. This is the closest you'll get to a perfect Zelda game zelda should now never go back to what it was before because what it was before seems very shallow and very set piecey compared to what this is this feels like craig said a living breathing world with people in it so i don't know what's coming up next for zelda but i really hope they stay on this track because going back to a ocarina of time or a even a twilight princess would feel bad. It would have just be a bad taste in your mouth at this point. So yes, uh, to Mike and to Craig, I say, yeah, it's that good. Woo!
1: Now, I'm sorry for hyping it.
0: No, it's a no. terrible habit. I know. How dare you be excited and want to share your excitement with somebody? What kind of person are you?
1: I've, um, I've got a tet bet. Yes, that might explain some of the new developments in this game that have never previously appeared. Uh, The development of this game took place inside the game. So what they did was they built the world, a very rough world. They built the plateau, they built the world, they kind of textured it, they built the mountains, and then all the developers got their own character inside the world. So they could run about post-markers comments, they could have conversations inside it with other developers and come up with ideas inside the game. It was built from inside Hyrule. Which Okay,
0: so you're pretty much making it as you're playing it. Okay. Yeah, it it could
1: totally and utterly revolutionize in this one development cycle without thinking, you know I'm not defending it could be that they sat in great ideas for, you know, ten years, but the chances are a lot of things might have come up just from being inside it and going, wouldn't it be great if you could do this and then actually program it to do it?
0: Like, like this kind of open world game sits along with The Witcher where it'll ruin every other open world game you play. Yeah. Like, uh, Craig, again, this is the final nail uh-huh. that proves Skyrim was a crap game because open world games can be so much better. This is very good, though, because everybody else that makes open world games like The Witcher, they have to up their game now. Because if another company comes out with an open world game and it's another, say, Fallout 4, people are going to look at it and go, oh. Oh, okay." So this is very good for video games as a whole as well. Something that comes like a lot of people may not be old enough to remember, like when Super Mario Brothers 3 came out. And it was this kind of thing of like, oh, oh, I'm never going back to another crappy platformer again. Everybody else has to up their game because this is a thing. And I'm hoping that's what this does. So we'll see. As for... Have, have you played Horizon yet? Not yet. It's coming up. Okay. Good, so, good stuff. Um. Okay. So uh, my thoughts on the Zelda series as a whole, I've been doing that. almost got it into a year. Almost, but this has been a very tedious journey with some very high points and not low points. Like there are no valleys here, but there are definite peaks. And the peaks for me would be Wind Waker, Majora's Mask and Breath of the Wild. Everything else was kind of a, yeah, I'll probably never play it again. Mainly because, like, uh, to be fair, going into Breath of the Wild, I was sick and tired of Zelda. I I don't want to see Link again. I don't want to see Zelda again. i just done. And now, all of a sudden, I want more Zelda to play. So, my position has kind of turned around to where I'm now looking forward to the next Zelda game. And, yeah, I'll, I'll probably cover it when it comes out, if it's for consoles. Anyway, so this has been a very cool journey. And, like I said, if you've been here since the first terribly terribly edited and recorded with bumps and pops <laughs> and hisses everywhere. Thank you very much for sticking with us. We're still not done Final Fantasy. But <laughs> we're working on it, man. As it sits right now, I have 8 games left to go in Final Fantasy. So, we have a good chunk of turn-based goodness to get through before the next one Craig is on. Now, Craig, just as a preview, uh which Final Fantasy game will you be appearing on next? Is it it 10? It's 10.
1: Okay, right. Eh, 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes, you won't hear Craig's sonorous tones until I get to Final Fantasy X, but don't worry, I want to hear him as much as you do, so I'll bust through 9 as fast as I can. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Say goodbye, Craig.
1: Goodbye. Cue the last time Zelda outro music will play for Operation
0: sea Ah, yeah!